Welcome to the holiday edition of The Lover's Hole, where we're normally rereading the Patrick O'Brien, Jack Aubrey, and Stephen Matron novels. But we're taking a little time this week just to do a short festive episode for our listeners. So, uh, Ian, to get us started, can you catch us up with where we were last time and where we're headed in this show? Oh, Mike, I'd love to. Last time, we got to the midpoint of the final chapter of the letter of Mark. Stephen had been out to scout out his location in Stockholm. He'd stocked up on the real deal weapons-grade laudanum. <laughs> He'd almost, almost completed the reconciliation with Diana just before pitching headlong down that tower stairwell to give us that cliffhanger in the middle of the final chapter. And Mike, this week, we're, we're going to relish the cliffhanging tension of that moment, but we're not resolving it yet, listeners. Uh, We have a really fantastic final episode for the closeout of Letter of Mark. We'll tell you more about it in a minute, but we'd really like to give you the the maximum enjoyment of that. So this busy weekend, we're going to use this short holiday episode to share a few thoughts about favorite festive moments in the canon, to think about mince pies, but only small ones. Um, We're going to take a moment to thank you all for a really, really great year aboard The Lover's Hole and throw out a few hints about what lies ahead in the early weeks of 2022. You know, it's funny, we we didn't plan it this way at all, but it is just a great moment for ending the year. You know, and and as usual with Patrick O'Brien, we've got the final payoff kind of just hanging by a thread. So um, like Patrick O'Brien, we're going to do the same thing. And we've got a few exciting decisions about what comes next. And we've been pulling folks out there and uh, listening to what you wanted us to do here. That's right. Well, let's take a second to look back at our first full calendar year. And we feel like we've really got into the swing of this. You think we ought to have done now after 85 episodes in 2021. (laughs) Looking back, we've really slowed down to what we now think of as our proper pace of one chapter per episode. We've fended off a couple of distractions and annoyances like Mike's surgery. Um, We've acquired a more or less full-time editor, Sam Luce. Thank you, Sam. That's also thanks to the support of our helpers over on Patreon. We've had some great guests this year, Mike. We had John Bromley, the shanty singer from Kimber's Men. We had Claire Hunt from the National Museum of the Royal Navy. We shared a huge amount of fun reviewing the Peter Weirmaster and Commander movie with our new friends, John and Steve, over at the Cinephiles. And we had great guests coming back to the podcast. We spent time with Eva Sandor and Steve Morris and Rachel McMillan, who all joined us for our Crossing the Line specials, where we talked about humor and music and the role of children in the canon. And we had Brian come back for a second bite at the Philosophy Cherry to help us figure out the philosophy messages in Treason's Harbor. So Mike, it's been a busy year. It it really has been a busy year. It's been a great year. It's been a great time in the canon, which it always is. 
uh, ain't it, McKillick might say. And so, you know, some of you might know that we celebrated this holiday season with a few of our Patreon supporters just a couple days ago. We had a great time with all of them and with a few of our former guests as well. Uh, we talked about suet and the German flute and the arrival of the guitar as an instrument of fashion. Ah, stick a pin in that. We'll come back to it later. Mm-hmm. And a few other things beside. And with the kind permission of those Patreon friends and guests who joined us, we now like to share a little bit of what came up when we talked with them about favorite Christmas moments in the Patrick O'Brien books. One of the things we wanted to ask everybody was if you have any particular holiday moments, particularly Christmas moments that come to mind when you think about the cabin. I don't remember which book it's in, but there's the 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 one Christmas where they talk about eating the penguins. They're they're like everybody's getting fat on eating penguins because they're they're stranded somewhere or something like that. And they have I can't remember the specifics other than that, but that's always like just an odd Christmas of like having like roast penguin on board. That's that's the one I I had prepared for today. Um, oh, go ahead, Chris. And, yeah, well, it, I mean, it struck me when I think of O'Brien Christmas stuff. I my mind immediately wants to go to um, comedic moments in general, but also especially with food, absurd foods that they they eat for Christmas. Um, I I have the paragraph right here. Oh, please do. Want me to read it. Should yeah. I read it? Oh, please. Okay. This is from Mauritius Command, uh, Chapter 5. Christmas, an immense feast on the upper deck of the uh, Boadicea with a barrel of providently salted penguins from off the Cape serving as geese or turkeys, according to the taste and fancy of the mess, and plum duff blazing blazing faint blue under the awnings spread against the fiercer blaze of the Mauritian sun. New Year, so it goes a little past Christmas, but New Year with a great deal of ship visiting, Twelfth Night and the midshipman's berth regaled the gun room with a 200-pound turtle, an unfortunate experiment, for it was the wrong kind of turtle. The shell turned into glue, and all who had eaten of the creature pissed emerald green. And now Jack began to consult his barometer every watch. Nice. <laughs> love that one. I love that. Well done. Well done. I was going to share my, my favorite Christmas one is the call and response from the most recent book with the Diane. Um, <laughs> I always thought that was kind of fun. But, uh, but yeah, I, I always thought the Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, you know, call and response. Uh, I always thought that was kind of fascinating. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole series. I forget what chapter that is, chapter five, chapter six, I think it is, but uh, that's absolutely one of my favorite uh, chapters. I, I would throw in, uh, and this is probably a little bit weirder, but uh, I, I always enjoyed, I mean, partly it's, I think it's maybe my favorite book in the canon is the moment in Fortune of War where uh, Jack and uh, several of the crew are rescued. Um, and he gets on the boat and uh, he's completely exhausted, but he wants to see the men on the sea. And then he realizes that it's Christmas in like a day or two. And he had completely forgotten. Mince pies, but only small ones. Oh, well done. <laughs> I just relate to that a lot because I've either been in the military or uh, had weird jobs and I don't have any kids. 
So it's, you know, it'll be like a few days. I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, it's like Christmas in like two days. Like, oh, I need to do stuff or I, I like at least look forward to like a day off or something like that. But I always forget it's Christmas. And so every time I read that Jack coming aboard and he's like, oh yeah, it's Christmas. I'm like, I can relate to that. I can relate to that feeling. <laughs> well, and it's going to go back to, to Heather, right? I, I love that scene as well. And it's, you know, they're on, they're rescued. And it's that scent, that little scent in the background that it's the mince pies. And that's like, oh my gosh, not only are we alive and going to live, but oh my gosh, it's Christmas. And it's, yeah, it's a fabulous. One thing that uh, I picked up in, in the Mauritius Command, which uh, was mentioned just before, is celebrating uh, Christmas in the, the Southern Hemisphere and how they uh, heroically tried to celebrate uh, Christmas with uh, their plum duff um, under a blazing sun. And, uh, you know, good good for them for sitting around trying to stuff themselves full when it was, uh, you know, baking down with the heat. Uh, so I thought uh, that was, uh, you know, a sign of their traditional um, thinking. But uh, I think here in Australia, we've uh, tended to um, let those sides of the tradition uh, perhaps change and we're more looking forward to perhaps a, either a barbecue or a, a seafood salad for Christmas. Right, right. Any other Christmas memories from you? I have one. Oh, Ian. so my, my, my favorite of all of them, and we talked a bit about this in the show, it's uh, from Desolation Island, right? Is just after they've just, just, just about seen what they thought was the end of the leopard. And the previous chapter, let me get my Kindle thing open here, says the last the leopard saw of them was the struggling mass in the icy water as those in the sea fought to get into the boat and those in the boat fought to keep them out, which is one of the real low points, end of chapter eight. Chapter 9, Wednesday, 24th of December. Fresh breezes at West Northwest. People employed pumping and thrumming the sprit sail. Thursday, 25th of December. Winds light and variable, sea calm, hold up foresail. The sail answered and the pumps gained five foot in the day. Oh, that's the, a, little, a little Christmas miracle. <laughs> James, you had picked out the same one, huh? I had the, I had the same passage and I particularly liked the fact that you know Jack is is writing it in the logbook and he wants to elaborate he wants to talk about you know the the christmas dinner with fresh pork and and double plum duff and the feeling of relief at their their survival but then he goes well, this isn't the appropriate place and it really i think makes you feel like when you think when you go back to some dry logbook entry and it's just the wind was at this this direction we were on the sailing on this course at, at approximately this latitude and longitude other stuff was going on in their lives that were you know but you can't record that there it's not the appropriate venue right so yeah i like that part too for the same thanks again to everybody who joined us from our patreon supporters for that event we really hope you enjoyed some of those reflections on christmas time in the canon we had a really great time chatting with our friends so big thank you to philip ellen josh nick Chris, David, Phil, Breno, Heather, Kit, Rob, John, Anthony, Kate, Susan, and Andrew. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you also to our guests, Ava Sandor, James Albright, Brian Wilson, and Adam Franti, who also came along. A glass of wine with all of you. Absolutely. 
Well, this is a great time to say a few thank yous as we get to the end of the year. Yeah. Of course, as always, every week, you know, first place on that thank you list goes to all of you, our listeners, for staying with us, for sharing your thoughts and ideas with us online, telling us what you like, what you'd like more of, what you'd like differently. We really, really appreciate it. We really, really appreciate you. Absolutely. And thank you. Um, next, I think, Mike, we have to thank our fabulous spouses. That's mm. Annie Shank and Joy Bradley, without whose forbearance this endeavor might have been seriously curtailed. And thanks also to the pets who've added all the wonderful background noises as we record, especially thinking about Pete the Parrot here. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, that immediately brings to mind saying thank you to our great editor, Sam Luce, who has to deal with all of that stuff. You know, Sam's skills and his patience with us make us sound much better than we deserve to. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a big thank you as well to all of the special guests, especially the ones who've been with us for the first time this year, but to all of them for their wisdom and good company and fresh insight into the canon. We're big fans of guest episodes and we're working on bringing you some more of those as well. Yeah. And always a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. You know, we don't often call you out by name, but, you know, we try to say thank you one and all continuously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'd like to take this year end and kind of looking forward to the new year to thank you individually as well. So thank you to the friends that we just mentioned from our recent get together. But and I both want to take a minute to thank each of you individually. So big thank yous then to Jim, Josh, Lane, James, Paul, Jer, Peter, Jesse and Emmett. Yeah, to Chris, Steve, Philip, Alex, Linda, Fred, Hans, and Nicholas. Also to Nicola, Eugene, Julia, Douglas, Hoob, Ben, John, and Roy. Dave, Treb, Michael, Peter, David, Debbie, Dale. All of these there. Also to Anthony, Jane, Ross, Ryan, Ken, Jim, and Shauna. Yeah, and Andrew, Jane, Julie, Gerald, Greg, Edwin, Les, and Mac. And thank you to Ethan, David, Kat, Snarked, Mark, Tony, and Bella. Stephanie, Rob, Gaelic, Mark, Eric, Davo. We thank all of you, as Ian would always say, grog for all hands. <laughs> Absolutely. Serve it out on the half deck. Thank you very much to all of you. So, Mike... Before we move on with this message, let's just chat a little bit about where we're both at here. Um, what's going on with you and the family in the holiday season? Where are you going to be? What are you going to be getting up to? Well, I'll tell you, it's, you know, we're we're like Christmas Eve Eve as we're recording this. And so we're going to do a little tiny progression. You know, we're staying inside that tight bubble over here. Mm -hmm. uh, so Annie and I will be exchanging gifts tonight. We're going to pick up our youngest daughter tomorrow for Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day, we'll be with Annie's folks and her grandfather and kind of doing Christmas there. So, you know, really looking for that. Excited, you know, to have a quiet, close-by Christmas. One disappointment for the new year, uh, that we were going to be together, you and I. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, with the new outbreak, you know, we're not going to get to set physical eyes on one another 
other than by, via this this great video thing. But going to miss you and Joy oh, over that New Year's. Oh, thank you, Mike. Yeah, we, us too. Us too. Um, so over here in the UK, we're also wrestling a bit with this Omicron thing. Yeah. Touch a belaying pin, it's all going to be okay. Um, we think that we're not going to get any more locked down this side of Christmas. So we've got two of our three kids already here, and we're going to be seeing some more of our family and our daughter and her partner and our very new baby granddaughter on Christmas Day. So that's going to be a fantastic day. All just here where we are, home in Cambridgeshire in the UK. Um, got no great plans for festivities at New Year. We're going to see what occurs there. I'm really looking forward to seeing what 2022 brings and maybe seeing a few more of my particular friends, especially Mike and Annie. Ah, thank you, Ian. Well, we're in the midst of editing this final episode from the letter of Mark, and we're really excited to bring that to you. You know, there is so much going on with Stephen and Diana here, and we've got that cliffhanger (laughs) moment to resolve. And as a special holiday New Year's treat for you, as and it was an incredible treat for us, there's an interview with illustrator and artist Jeff Hunt. You know, as I'm sure so very many of you know, Jeff created the cover art for the most widely read editions of the O'Brien books. And, and Jeff is himself an authority on naval history and a fabulous guy to talk with. So that episode, the last part of of Letter of Mark, the Jeff Hunt interview hits the airwaves January 2nd. Great way to start your new year, and we sure hope you'll love it. Oh, we really do. That's not all, Mike. In the new year, we're also bringing our listeners a Crossing the Line special. We've had this idea in mind for a while that maybe there's a topic there on management and leadership lessons from Jack Aubrey and Stephen Maturin. And this is a chance for me and Mike to play Busman's Holiday because it's kind of one of our home topics that we work on together. Right. So we're going to dig into leadership lessons from Patrick O'Brien. If you've got any favorite leadership lessons or favorite moments from the canon, then get hold of us on Twitter. We are at Hull Lubbers. You can reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Lubbers Hull. And if you want to join the conversation on Patreon and become a supporter of the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Lubbers Hull and join the conversation there. Yeah. And then I'm so excited about this. Once we've done all that, once we've you know finished off Letter of Mark, done our Crossing the Line special, we're doubling back. We're going in a new direction here in response to popular demand. We're going back to the octagonal room, back to the beginning to discuss the first novel in the series, Master and Commander, and giving it our director's cut treatment, if you will. We're going to take it back one chapter at a time you know, and dig deep into the writing, to the references, to the characterizations as Jack Aubrey and Stephen Matron get together for the first time. So I hope that'll be a wonderful revisit for all of us who've you know read the canon uh, many of you many, many, many times before and a great way for folks new to the canon to start Master and Commander with something other than our Reader's Digest version from our original episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. I really, I'm really looking forward to that. Can't wait to get started. It's going to be loads and loads of fun. Now, in a few moments, uh, we decided that we might um, treat you to a little bit of a a, a different take on the playout music for this week. And part of the conversation that we had with our Patreons on Zoom a couple of days ago was to talk about the musical instruments of the time. We talked a lot about the German flute, and a couple of people mentioned that the guitar 
was actually a really fashionable instrument for people to learn and play back in the early 19th century. So we thought, well, why not take the idea of a festive seasonal music and why not take the idea of guitar and go back to a tune by Franz Xavier Gruber, first composed in the region of Oberndorf by Salzburg in Austria. I think you know which one we're talking about. Anyway, we've got a really, really beautiful recording of this particular carol where the voice and just the guitar, as Gruber originally wrote it. And perhaps that's how it was first heard back in 1818. Nice. So, you know, some of you who are sort of coming here uh, to finish up Letter of Mark and are looking forward to 13-Gun Salute wanted to say, rest assured, you know, once we've redone Master and Commander, we'll be right back to start 13-Gun Salute. But before then, and between now and all that, what do you say to some small mince pies, some, oh, perhaps salted penguin and a little plum duff? Oh, Mike, with all our hearts, to all of our listeners, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. We wish you and yours the very, very best. And thank you for all your kindnesses to us. Look forward to being with you again in the Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. 